Hey there, welcome to the Tim Vaxelbomb Show. This is episode 82 of the program. I'm coming to you from the hot bowels of Texas in the middle of July. Ah, it is exactly that. I'm not just doing that as a jo- I'm not just saying that as a joke. It seems like some of you would say it as a joke. We're in the middle of Texas in the middle of July. It's hot as hell because it's Texas. And you get to do that accent. But actually, I'm doing it authentically. That's an authentic accent. Because I am all an authentic Texan. Living in Texas. Gotta start in Texas. Central Texas. Central Texas. It's very hot here. And uh, we've been in a heat wave for about 10 years. 10 years, yeah. For a long time, man. Two months. We've been in a heat wave where it's been literally. Can you hear my tongue enough? What I do? Jesus Christ. Even my mouth sounds hot. It normally does, but now it sounds hot. Anyway, so for two months now, it's been 100 degrees every single day. For every day. For the whole, not for the whole day. That's what I guess I wanted to say. For the whole day, every day, all day, for the past two months. No, not all day, but pretty much all day. Because it's like, what, 90 out still? And it's 8 in the... Alright, it's 11 p.m. Let's see how hot it is at 11 p.m. It's 87 degrees. So does that matter? So pretty much 100. It's pretty much the same temperature... All throughout the day. The low is 76. That's not bad. So at at 7 in the morning, it's going to be beautiful. But then, yeah. Then it goes back to 105. It's pretty hot. But uh, this is not affecting the the show. The studio is perfectly air-conditioned to 78 degrees. I keep it at 78 degrees. Fahrenheit, if that was Celsius, people would be having a heart attack and they'd be like, you, I, I, it's not even possible to keep your house that hot in Europe. But, uh, if, but in, in Fahrenheit, I think that goes without saying. I think that goes without saying. Let's do the math. How much would that be in Fahrenheit? 78 Fahrenheit to say, no, Celsius to Fahrenheit. It would be 174 degrees. So that's not impossible. That would like kill pretty much everybody. But not immediate. Like you would be able to survive for a few minutes at that temperature. That's a good question. Hey, we'll ask the experts. I'll dial in. I'll call a friend. I got a friend, he's a geologist and a biologist. Never mind the geology part. He's really good at biology and, and medical shit. He knows when people die. I'm going to call him up right now. Hey, his name's uh, Leon. I was going to say Leon, but nobody's named Leon that does that. Leon. Uh, it's a French guy. Uh, so anyway, uh, he says... Uh, I can't do a French accent, but he would be like, uh, exactly, constantly, you'll die. 
in about uh, two minutes. Anyway, 78 degrees Fahrenheit goes up is 100, and I already forgot, 74. So add 100 to it. If it was Celsius, I'm saying, if you weren't watching earlier in the show, what we're talking about is if you converted 78 Fahrenheit to Celsius would be 174 Fahrenheit. That'd be like not livable. Nowhere on the planet does the surface get that hot. Unless you're talking about like things heating up to that. Not the air. The air doesn't get that hot unless you're talking like in a shed that also has something adding artificial heat to it. Okay, you got me. Unless you're kind of like in an oven. Yeah, but I'm talking like the surface atmosphere. Doesn't really get to 174 unless it's like back in the dinosaur Eric times. You know? So if somebody says, oh, I keep my house at 78 degrees, you could pretty much, you could pretty much assume they are referring to Fahrenheit. So I keep, that's where I'm at. I, I'm very conservative with uh, when it comes to global warming and the environment, which uh, means I want to conserve the environment. People get that confused. Like, oh, wait, you're conserved. Oh, so you want to pump a bunch of gas? So you want to burn a bunch of fossil fuels and kill the planet and, and chop down the environment, chop down rainforests? No, idiot. I'm conservative, meaning I want to conserve. I'm a cons- conservationalist. Conservative, what's the difference? And I like saying that because it c- confuses people. That's kind of why I like calling myself a conservative instead of a conservatalist. It's easier to say. Conservationalist, is that even the right word? Conservationist? I'm going to use the word that I know which is conservative, which when people hear their eardrums tense up, conservative. Uh, Yeah, I'm a conservative when it comes to the environment and a lot of other things like keeping women out of the job force, but definitely the environment. So that's why I keep my house at 78 because it's uh, burning coal. It's burning uh, heat from the sun that gets converted into like, well, wind is mostly, a lot of it comes from wind, fossil fuels, and other and, and light from the solar. And I don't want to waste solar energy, man. It's still got to be stored in batteries, and those batteries use up uh, natural resources. So I'm a conservatalist. So I could keep it at even hotter during the... No, 78 is also my limit physically to what I'm comfortable. When I go to sleep, it's got to be 76. That's the sweet spot where I could... Otherwise, it's too hot and I don't like it to be sweaty. And So anyway, some people are different. Some people are crazy, like nuts with temperature in Texas or anywhere, but in te- even in Texas... That this is why it shows that they're crazy because they keep their AC at like 60s, like below even the lowest of the 70s, below 70, which is obscene to me to even think to do to keep my 
AC at like 68, I'd be freezing, first of all. And I would be concerned with how much work, you know, the the electricity, the wastefulness. But people in, te- in Texas, they don't give a crap about wastefulness. They throw their garbage on the side of the road. That's pretty wasteful and bad for the, and just gross and like bad for the environment. It's like bad in many ways. It makes you look bad. Makes you look like you like like a douchebag. And it's just not good for other people's sake and the environment. And uh, but that's Texas. Anyway, it's hot. If that, that's the point I'm making, it's, it's hot. It's been hot. Can't really complain though because I don't go out. I'm not an outdoor person. Like I, I went out today. Barely. I went into my garage. At like 5 p.m., 4 p.m., when it was still in the hundreds, but it was to just to go into my car, so I could just turn on the air conditioner in my car. So I got not. When people tell, like, freak out when they find out how hot it is here, who don't live here, like other people across the country, they go, "Whoa!" They're just doing that because they have nothing else to talk about because that's exciting enough for small talk. But if that's really something that they're interested, like if that actually blows their hair back, like, yeah, okay, that is crazy, but not for me. You're talking to me in this context. So for me, who cares? I'm an indoor person. You know me. If you're this person in this hypothetical, don't be too surprised that I'm living perfectly, that I'm not complaining. I don't go, I'm an indoor guy. I'm an indoor person unless I'm on mushrooms then I have to go outside for fresh air to get some equilibrium and then then I go right back in after like 5 minutes because that's all I need so anyway it's not that bad and it'll pass and then there's other things to complain about like the, the, the bugs so screw it, let's start the show. Okay, I'll do a quick update on something that I haven't done an update on since last year. It's called the Brown Recluse Update. This started as an as a topic. It didn't start it's just start, it's now an update. It's just a series of updates that started as an initial topic that where I was freaking out back in the, a year ago at this time. I, I remember the exact date. Cause I took pictures of the uh, the thing. It was like uh, July thirty first, I think. The that like the night of that, you know, the last day of July. I noticed this this uh, creepy spider walking on my floor when I was at my computer. I was stoned out of my mind. So that made it even worse, being stoned, because then you're already paranoid just to, to be alive. Like, it took you, it took me out of my cozy, high zone of, like, where you feel like, oh, I'm high at home, it's nighttime, what could go wrong? Well, there could be a venomous, one of the f- most famously venomous spiders in the whole country just walking right by your feet. That's what could be happening. In Texas. 
You never know when something could be bad happening in Texas. Not everywhere. Some places are safer than other places. But when you live in Texas, or Texas, you're not supposed to put like an emphasis on the S. You're just supposed to like Texas. Texas. You're not supposed to like, like not to do, you're supposed to do like Texas. I don't, the point is I hate it here because it's making me more like alive. Like it's making me forced to like, like be alive and be awake and like look behind my shoulder because you never know when something's going to become an emergency or somebody's going to ram into your car and like, well, that's glad I didn't get killed by some strange person. Yeah, it's a very reckless place. A lot of people just come here to be reckless. I'm a recluse. I'm the opposite of reckless. That's literally the opposite of recklessness is staying home, not bothering other people and not letting other people bother you. That's the dream. And I've been pretty good at it. But last year when I was also being a recluse, I know this is brown recluse. I'm a white recluse. This brown one uh, is just like this spider that was like decently big. Big enough for me to hate it. Big enough for me to to notice that it was not normal. That it was not the kind that you just let go. Because that's rare, first of all, for there to be a, 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 a big, you know, nickel-sized, quarter-sized spider just on the floor. My clean, like what... What was it there for? Because my house is pretty decently sealed. I don't get big bugs. Only small ones can sneak, thankfully, so far through the little door slits or wherever the hell. Anyway, immediately I knew something was off. I knew it was a recluse. I didn't didn't know, but I was like, immediately, just by the shape of it and the, the way the legs were, and even just the way it was walking... Like it was walking in a way where it's like, yeah, I'm one of the ones you got to watch. I mean, I know that I'm evil. I'm an evil spider. So I got to walk, you know, a certain way to show that I ain't someone to be trifled with. So it was walking in a way that I was like, I ain't seen a spider walk like that before. He was walking particularly creepily. In a controversial manner. So I so I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to let it live. This thing's so not going to be alive in the next few minutes. So I just got to get over the adrenaline, the trauma, the anxiety, and the just the straight out fear of having to kill it and hope I don't get bit or whatever. Hope it doesn't like shoot up or like jump up, you know, who the hell knows? Some of them are fast. Uh, but anyway, so I was able to kill it very easily with a shoe. And I took pictures of the thing because as a, somebody that wasn't experienced with the brown recluse, I uh, couldn't, I didn't know if that's what it was. So I took pictures of it with this camera, the one that I'm using right here. It's a very good cam, you know, has a good lens and a good sensor on it. So whatever. So I took that, took enough pictures of it, and I was like, "Oh crap! Everything is telling me that it is a brown recluse, and there's nothing to say it's not." Like literally, I go through a checklist. 
it's hitting up. Like, there's nothing that I could reasonably be like, well, it could be this. No, it was only... That's the only thing it could have possibly been based on the pictures I was looking at and the violin. And like, just, it was, that's what it was. Like, I was like, crap, I, I can't, I am, I want to be convinced that that's not what it is. But like, I think that's what it is, even though I, at first I kind of wanted it to be because I was like, that'd be cool to like, it's like calling on, it's like being like, I called it. It's like, so I was like. Okay, I was like being like, I was going against my own instinct to try to prove myself wrong with science, but the science just confirmed my instinct was correct. I was like, okay, well, that's that's like 99, that's what it is. It's a brown recluse. Damn it. It's a brown recluse. Keep hitting the microphone. So anyway, and then the next 72 hours, I don't think I slept even. Like It took me a whole nother day to even get to sleep because I was like, well, if, if one of these is in my house, there's got to be like 300 of them. So I don't even know. It was immediate that I started looking at what to do about it. So I got, I don't know, I hired a company. I, I got uh, glue traps, but I also just read a lot about them. The thing that put me at ease was the information that I consumed about them. Like, once you consume pretty much all the information that you could just get online, like, all the information about them I consumed. You know, like, I didn't read any medical science journals or research. I don't know. But pretty much all the general knowledge I consumed on this, the topic. And one of the things that I did differently was... I looked for anything that was on the floor that like clutter, like loose clothing. I no longer leave clothing on the floor for any period of time because they cling on to it and that's how they get around. And also I got these bins that lock clothes, these plastic bins, no longer leave uh, cardboard boxes around. And uh, so anyway, that was a year ago and that thing, that one adult that I don't know if it was a male or female, but it was... So I guess I didn't consume enough info to know if it, what, what, if, what kind it was, but uh, if it was a male or not. But I think it was a female because, I don't know, who the hell knows, but it, it, it something reproduced and there was a bunch of uh, juvenile brown recluse. Not babies, they were big enough to be called juveniles because they were on their own hunting I'm humanizing them too much, but they're like there's these there's these tiny spiders that are you can't tell what the hell they are unless you've seen enough of them. Once you know, okay, this is a brown recluse because I examined it pretty much like under a microscope. Now, if I see another one that's also tiny, yeah, I could tell immediately that's what it is. And they're always found on the ground. They're never found higher than the uh the board the boards what do you call the stupid boards that you uh, they didn't get very high off the boards the floor things on the you know what i'm talking about the things that i haven't cleaned since i moved here except for a few like the things that i don't like to clean because i don't have the proper vacuum 
But we'll get into that later. That's another subject for a later part of the program. Right now we're still signing with this juvenile. Damn. Yeah, so they they didn't get very high. They can't climb that high. Um, they can if it, if they have uh, something to latch on. But anyway, they they're very, they, they don't hang from webs. So I had another infestation, like another small problem with other brown spiders that were house spiders that were hanging from webs. I still got them. I just don't see them as often because I killed most of them, but they're still laying down lines of web every day. And then when the sun goes through my windows at the right time at 8 p.m. when it's perfectly lined up with my windows, that's when I could see all the spider webs that have been created that day. So I just walk into the, I yank them down, and then the next day they're right back. But anyway, those are also being... Those are also from another small brown spider, that, but it's not a recluse because they, they don't look the same and they're different behavior and they're quick, super fast and hard to kill. They're impressive, man. These Texas spiders don't mess around. These ones that I'm talking about, not the recluse. The recluse are pretty easy to kill and docile. But these other brown ones that lay, you know, that, that could skitter, go anywhere they want... They could climb anything. They're extremely fast. And if you think you're about to kill one, like you're like, okay, boom, you're about to hit it with something, it just moves. It's really like impressive. You know, so they're they're very quick-witted. But uh, anyway, so I got glue traps more than ever. It's really gross. It's really like, really nasty to live in a house that every day you just walk past like 20 glue traps that all have different varieties of dead insects you know i'll change them eventually but they're kind of you know they got they're not that cheap man you know that you want to get your bang for you want to let them fill up with enough bugs that it's like worth the trip Anyway, so some of them have been there for over two months. So they're pretty disgusting when I walk past. It's like, ugh, there's still a bunch of dead bugs there. I should probably do something about that. But it's a monitor. It's to monitor what's going on. This year, I haven't seen yet, it's early, uh, any adult-sized recluse, but I've seen a dozen or two juveniles, juvies. I've seen them on traps and off traps in my garage and in my family, whatever, living room. So they're everywhere, pretty much. Uh, none of them are that big, though. They're still, they're still so tiny that it would take an expert to identify them as brown recluse, which I am. So that's why I'm able to identify them as such. They're pretty. Not something you want. Walk like, cause then anytime I go to bed, I gotta like shake out. I gotta make sure that nothing, nothing's on me. And anytime I walk outside my bedroom with no socks on, it's just basically a gamp. Like I'm rolling the dice. Hope I don't step on something. 
Because that could very easily be a material thing to worry about. Which, or, it's already a thing. Yeah, so you could cut it into a legitimate thing. Just walking to get water. The most innocent crime. I'm going to walk into in my own home to get water in the long... It's a long walk because it's a big empty house where I go from my master bedroom all the way to my kitchen area. Um, It's not that glamorous. It's just because it's empty and void of life except for things like brown except for you know venomous things so i'm not trying to glamorize it because it's a very empty shell of a home it's not like there's good views out the windows of the i'm in the city i'm in the middle of a desolate farmland subdivision robbing people of their homesteads so it's not glamorous but it is a long walk so it's a lot of like praying that I don't step on one of these ass, these buggers. But I'm winning the fight because there's, there's really not that many of them. Like it's not like last year where every single day they were accumulating, and I would just see them in my bathroom. And like it was worse last year, but it's also earlier than it was in the year last year. It's only mid July. Last year, it didn't even really peak until, I think, like, October. I think October is when it was at its worst. But I'm already killing them with the glue traps. I mean, not killing them, just catching them. They stay alive for days, probably, those things. So just because they're in there doesn't mean the war's over. Doesn't mean they still can't nip you. But anyway, they're, hor- they're horrible creatures. And the glue traps are pretty much the most effective thing. You know, you know, I got these this company coming in a few days to spray. But I I don't like them. I don't like having the stranger just go through my house. Like, go, go in every room of my house. It's like so... I don't like the... Un- it's uncomfortable. Cause I'm a recluse. So don't... Yeah. I like to be not... Uh, exposed to the to strangers because they could be bringing in recluse. Who the hell knows? They could be bringing in something else that the recluse say. Hey, you gotta kill the food. So anyway, well, that's that topic. We're gonna talk about some of that parlays and that. It has to do with uh, cleaning up the house. So I'm not somebody that likes to move around a lot. I don't like to move around. But like pretty much the. Like, even just being alive takes work, takes effort. Just like, ugh, okay, I'm still here. Uh, my brain is in the on position. Just like, just having my brain in the on position already consumes pretty much the whole battery. So for me to move my body, it's going to be things that are very easy to do like things that you could do from bed like if it involves like holding a phone to my face to read okay i could do that for about 5 hours 8 hours but that gets hard just holding a phone but anyway so i don't like to clean is is what that is one of the problems with being a mostly a mobile person if you are sedentary and anything is uh, is like a like uh, takes work, like even just like 
going to take the trash out, like like throwing something out, like going from room to room takes work. Forget about cleaning the house or doing a deep clean. I would do very like uh, surface level cleans, where I would use a dust buster, which like a stick vacuum, which is basically a dust buster, which was very this wide. So I'm t- so I'm going through every room, and it's the same thing that you use on the floors. It doesn't do that much, but it's enough to pick up dust in the immediate walkways, but not in the corners. I don't use it as a corner sweeper is a dust sucker to sweep the corners even though i guess i could attach the thing but it it would not be that impressive it would not get the uh oh i can't think of the stupid things that they're called when i'm live i when i'm recording this podcast i can't think of simple things for some reason i guess because my brain is like hyper focused because i yeah those things on the right above the the lips the lips above the floor those little things that jut outward Jesus they're very annoying because you gotta use the right utensil to clean them so I don't really do that so to cut the cord on this topic to, to pull the uh cat out of the bag here I, I I decided to buy a proper vacuum one that is like meant to clean a whole house not just to like dust bust this is a heavy duty machine and it's going to come with the implement that is makes it easy to dust any surface so i'll be able to dust the uh, boards and anything i want and it, it's an ex, it's a nice expense but i pulled the i was like you know what just get something that's gonna work and that people say is a good brand so i got a uh, mila i got a mila c3 complete mirror something that starts with an I don't know it's a really nice vacuum for like $800 holy crap I spent $800 on a vacuum and I don't even like living here but that'll make it better I guess they have like I don't even want to use it but like yeah I, I, I I'm gonna use it but it's just like the feeling of spending that kind of money on something that you don't even do like I don't clean, so I'm getting a something that makes it that's really good at it, I guess, to account for the fact that I don't like to do it. Maybe that's the thought process. That's how I justify it. Like I'm not gonna use a crappy one anymore, because then if I have the Ferrari of vacuums, it'll be more pleasant. So anyway, it's it's a really good vacuum. It hasn't even shipped yet. Anyway, so I'm excited, kind of, to to finally dust, cause I, cause, I, cause you want to dust up the dead organic matter and definitely dead bugs that you don't know if they're that are there, cause these recluse, I think they like dead bugs. 
if they can't find anything else, I think they just settle for, I don't know, it's just something I heard. So you gotta, you gotta clean up your house. You gotta clean up your damn house. And I think that's probably a pretty logical thing. Like, if the house is so clean and has no dust anywhere, and like, there's just nothing, no bugs for them to eat on the ground, I think that'll help the recluse problem. So that's that. I'm I'm a big spender on vacuum cleaners, man. And if I have another house, I'm going to have to get the same kind of vacuum. So I, I want to have multiple houses. I'm that type of, like, r- disposable person or, like, the type of person who just likes to have things that you don't really need but, like, you're just out of convenience. It's like, yeah, I could get a hotel or I could just buy a house there and get a- a- everything I need twice. I don't know, I read, on Bill Maher's podcast, he had this guy on, John Waters, not from Pink Floyd, I don't know his name, something Waters, he was a gay guy, he was hilarious talking about how he has four homes with all the same things that he needs, and Bill Maher was like, I wouldn't want to have to get like another cuticle cutter in all the houses, he was like, I have four cuticle cutters. And I thought that was hilarious. Like, he actually said that out loud. That he actually, in his four homes, not only does he have four homes, he has four cuticle cutters in each one. And that's just something he was proud enough to say on a podcast. Like, I just think that's hilarious. That the will, like, rich people, that that's a possibility to be that relatable i get because i relate the shit out of it it's like yeah i would want all everything the same at each household for the most you know i would need fingernail clippers i would need a beard trimmer a podcast studio all the essentials you know and that's just something that isn't that reasonable. It just caught me as hilarious. Mostly because he's gay and that's like something only gay people would do. Cuticle cutter. I mean, there's a cuteness to to gay men. Like, we see them as like these docile, like these... Not docile. That's not the right word because they could be quite uh, venomous. But they... Uh, they're cute in this because they're they're like women and they care about little things being the way they like and they're very feminine and uh I like that. If I was just like Tim Dillon gay, which even he probably has these tendencies of of caring about certain things like things that straight men don't like the detail oriented the aesthetic the aesthetics. He does have that. So it's pretty much a true stereotype for it. for every gay guy. They all have this like ability to see things with a good eye for aesthetics. Uh, but let's say I was just gay but didn't have that uh, inherited, that inherent attribute. Let's just say I was just like a dude who happened to like dick but was raised in a household 
where it was shamed. Like he was in the closet. Like you're forced to uh, not act on it, pretend that you're, you know, just keep it all buried inside. You know, obviously you fantasize about it. You want to, you know, you jerk off to men. You, you, you fantasize about being gay, but you can't because you were raised by a, by parents that would have disowned you for it. What if you're that guy, and but you still have the aesthetics, the eye for aesthetics, or you don't, let's say. I would be like, well, I don't, I, I don't know. There's an expectation to be, to act a certain way if you're gay. And I think that's bullshit, even though it's true. I guess it's not bullshit if it's true, because pretty much every gay guy I've ever met has the eye for aesthetics. So even the ones that are in the closet still are like, ooh, that's a good decoration. So I guess it's just a false thing. I guess that means I'm not gay, first of all, because I wouldn't want to be seen that way because I don't know if I do have the perfect eye for aesthetics. I don't look at myself that way. So if somebody says, oh, you look all schlebby, but you're gay, why do you look that? I don't know. I feel bad for those guys that even though they know that they're not presenting at their best, it might just be out of, it's like, well, I can't, I don't have the time of day, the time in the money to obsess and be perfect. But yes, I know I could look better. I feel bad for those gays. The ones that look schlebby, uh, but and know it, but can't help it because they don't have the resources, or maybe they're just too depressed to get up to do that. So, like, and then they still get the flack. It's like, don't you know that you're gay? You should you should act like it. Get a manicure, get a haircut, change your clothes for once. It's like, well, can I just not be gay then for a few days? Because I kind of just want to dress and act like a straight guy. And not be judged so harsh. So anyway, I don't know. That's a tangent. Let's get back to the main focus, which is uh, the next one. We already covered two big ones. Vacuum. Okay, this is another kahooey. This is another huge one. Cars have been a recurring topic on this cast. And it started with the first Tesla. And then the second Tesla, the supercar. And then now I'm down to no Teslas and a Miata. The Miata! It's my favorite of all the cars that I've ever owned. Um, I liked the first one, but that one was, uh, you know. I was too liberal with my uh, behavior back then, so I didn't deserve it, let's just say. I enjoyed it, but the Miata... Is better in every way, almost. It's 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 great. It's never done me wrong. The Miata, it's done like other people have done me wrong because it's small and they can't see it. But anyway, I got it back. It's it went through a uh, process where it had to be repaired because some Yahoo swiped against me at Sixth Street when I was taking a turn for the worst just minding my own business and, you know i just hosted an open mic i was driving just to hang out and just to literally just to not go home and just see like okay i'll just hang out down here couldn't even make it to the hanging out 
destination. So anyway, but I was so close. So anyway, it got towed, it got repaired after that minor little fender bender, but it was not that minor because it, I couldn't drive it. it. Had to be towed. So it wasn't a fender bender, but I only but I got fixed after about a month. It took a month to fix it. So that's also another sign that I had a fender bender. Anyway, this guy took off this Yahoo, which is a slur for whatever ethnicity they happen to be. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But let's just call it the most racist uh, thing it could be. Fill in the blank. Whatever Yahoo means could be, like, whatever most insulting race it could be. That's probably what it was. I don't even know. I would tell you if it was. I, I would happily say if what it was. It was not white. I wouldn't even... I, I mean, it, it matters if it's white. But white is not a race. If it was a white guy, I would have just said it's a regular person. But if, since it wasn't, I'd go, well, it was somebody of a race that isn't white. So I'm calling them a slur. Yahoo is a slur. Blah, blah. doesn't matter. It's not the point. The point, I mean, who knows? Doesn't matter. They're, it's, they're out of the picture. They took off. Uh, after not assessing the damage, because they're very good-hearted people that care about other people that they drive into, apparently. So they just go, oh, well, my car's fine, so I'm going to go. And so they left, and I, I filmed them driving away. But couldn't get their license plate. And even if I did... What would have happened? I would have found out who owned the car. But what would have happened? Nothing. The the the, the cops wouldn't have cared, and the insurance. I don't even know if they would have done anything. Like, if they have just their information, how would they get their insurance? They they just call around. Do they have a database of who's insured? I mean, you need their insurance policy, not just their name and address but i don't know because i didn't get that so the thing got repaired after a month of of going to a body shop i selected the body shop it was so they did a great job and i only had to pay the deductible which i thankfully i had a low deductible only 250 dollars but it had to come out of my pocket so i still lost money i had to spend 250 dollars which is not chump change considering it's not like i did anything wrong i was you know but that's what happens if you're uninsured if the person kills hits you that's uninsured technically if it's a hit and run you gotta pay the deductible somebody has to i mean there's no non-deductible insurance like here i'll give you my can i give you my a higher premium to not have to pay a deductible what's the point of the deductible it's, I guess, to prevent you from using it for stupid stuff. It's like, well, can't, you can just fix that yourself if it's less than 250 to fix. So I don't know. So anyway, it got fixed, and it's good as new, better than new, because they really polished it up. They even fixed some cosmetic damage that was totally unrelated to this incident. So it's better than new. I got my little Miata back. And it felt good having it back. But it's still a vulnerable piece of machinery. And even though I trust myself, 
for the most part, not to crash it or do it, you know, or kill anybody. For the most part, you know, I gotta pay attention. I don't trust other people to not kill me. Because what are you gonna do if, if, you, if somebody hits you and it's bad? Like you're injured and and they're taken off and you don't got their license plate or nothing? You're screwed. Uh, I mean, yeah, the insurance will cover as much as it can. But you're going to get permanent damage. Like, let, let's say you get permanent, permanently injured and you can't even sue them or even know who they are. The instinct would be to be to, to be to be very angry at them. Anyway, so I convinced myself to get a stupid dash cam. I I did my research. I became pretty much an expert on dash cams. I I learned everything there is to know about dash cams and which one to buy. I thought there was like a whole world of dash cam. There's only a few different good ones. Like there's none of them are that good. First of all, they all use the exact same sensor. They all use a Sony-made sensor called uh, Stelviz. I don't know Starviz. Baseboards. That's what I was trying to think of. Baseboards. Anyway. Star, Stell, Star, whatever. So they're all the same. So you're, so whatever. So I bought one that uses the next generation of StarViz chips. It's the StarViz Two, and it's really the best one on the market for now. And it shoots in uh, 4K and uh, HDR. So it has really good quality footage, and I'm happy that I got that one. Because it's not that small. It's four inches wide. It's bigger than my garage opener. So, like, I was, like, worried about, like, where the hell am I going to put it on the windshield? I don't want it noticeable. I don't want to be, like, I don't want to block in any of the windshield. Because I like not having nothing on there. I don't even have a sticker on my car. I think you're supposed to have some sort of sticker to show that the, it's registered, but I, who cares? It's registered. Just leave it alone. So I got the, so I got it today after being super anxious and not satisfied with the purchase. It's like it's so clunky, like it's big, and it's it's going to be so awkward finding a place to put it on the windshield unless it's on the the passenger side, because the rear view mirror has this huge chunk that comes down and blocks the center of the windshield so it would have to go to the right of that i thought on the passenger side and that's not good you don't want to record only the passenger side i wanted it from either the driver perspective or the dead center so i got the thing so I was like, it's either this one or another one that has a screen on it. And I don't need a stupid screen on it. I could just use the app to know what it's pointed to. And it would go behind the uh, rear view mirror. If it had a screen on it. And what's the point of having a screen that's behind something blocking it? So like, that's clunky. 
That's not Miata. Miata is not about clunkiness. It's about seamlessness. So I, anyway, I got it earlier, and I got. And I started I was like, well, I guess I gotta install this device. And then the next thing to figure out. So so. I found a place to mount it right underneath the rear view mirror, directly underneath. And it's technically behind the rear view mirror, but not in a way that impedes with it. And it's not blocking the windshield. It's barely noticeable. And it's dead center. So it picks up a beautiful field of view. And it looks really cool, actually, the way it's mounted. The weird part was the mounting it itself. The actual way that it attaches to the windshield is not with a sticker. It's not with a suction cup. It's with static electricity. It's with you. Have, I had to use this this film. I had to peel this film rectangle and cut it a little bit to make it so it wasn't too big, and and that just sticks there by static electricity. And then you use a, a heavy-duty sticker to mount the actual uh, dash cam to that piece of film. This super thin piece of plastic is all it is that's holding on this heavy dash cam. But it works, but there's air bubbles. So I'm it's, I'm worried that it's definitely it's going to fall. It's just going to fall off one day, and I'm going to have to do a better job of applying it because... It's dodgy, but it's working for now. I tested it today. I went up some bumps, you know, to make sure it didn't clump. And you're supposed to use like soapy water to get the best application. And then, but I didn't know uh, at the time. But anyway, so it's mounted. And then the next step, and I tested it. And it's a, it, it produces pretty good footage, man. Uh, really impressive footage. Uh, I tested it in the daytime in 4K mode, and I was worried that the frame rate wouldn't be fast enough to capture things in motion, but that's actually the opposite. You want a low frame rate. It's 30 FPS, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you capture the details. That's what matters. So every street sign was crisp and readable in every single frame. So this is like a forensic quality device. It picks up every license plate that I drove past, no matter how close or far. Even if I was like zooming past it, if I just freeze the video, it captured it beautifully, no blur. So it's a really good quality device. So the next thing I had to figure out uh, was how to connect it to the power source. And I had to do all sorts of research on how much power it needed and what kind of cable you could use. It only needs a very standard USB cable, 5 volts, a very low-powered device, cause it's, and it doesn't have batteries. It's designed to be powered by a car battery, uh, with low power. So, and as soon as it turns on, it records all the time. You don't got to tell it when to record. 
So anyway, it's a nice device. So now I feel like safe. As long as it stays on the windshield and doesn't overheat. It's hardwired to the car for the most part. Not technically. It's not hardwired. That's something I had to learn about. If the most professional way to mount, to install a dash cam is to connect it directly to the fuse box. And then it, the car doesn't even need to be turned on. But it could drain the battery. But this enables you to have it working for you as a security camera when your car is off. I didn't feel that was worth the pain of figuring out how to get it into the dang fuse box. So I went for just the uh, cigarette lighter. And I didn't even know my car had a cigarette lighter because they keep it super deep into the passenger well. But yeah, so I had to string the cable through the top of the car trim and and get it through the uh, the pillar, the passenger side pillar, and then back through the glove compartment and then to the thing at the bottom. It was, uh, that was the hard part, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I saw, I looked up a video and they're like, yeah, you gotta pull off this, this pillar, you gotta pull it off then pull out the speaker but for me i didn't have to do that much i just pulled it off i heard a big click a big i was like hoping i didn't break it and the speaker was still in the pillar but i just left it there it's like who cares i don't need to take the speaker out this will take two seconds just feed the wire through and i i wrapped it up and twisted it up so the there's nothing dangling it's I did a perfect job with the cable management. So it's invisible. There's no cable except for at the very top uh, beneath the the uh, the rear view mirror. You can see just a little bit of a wire that wasn't there before. But so what? It's nothing. So it looks really good. I'm satisfied with the installation except for the air bubbles in the... Except for the fact that the static film doesn't look that solid. And from the outside, you can see these, like, that it's, like, barely, it's not, full, you can see, like, air bubbles. So I hope it doesn't, oh, I don't know, whatever, man. Oh, aside from that, it's a really good dash cam, man. So anyway, I haven't used it yet. I just drove around the block just to see that it works, just to test it out, man. And it's solid. But anyway... Another thing I could have done is, is connected to the rear view mirror itself. It has like, the, I would have had to buy this thing, whatever. I, I did it the best way. But the thing is, I only got one channel. It only faces the, I don't have a back dash cam and that's a thing you kind of want. But that would have been a pain to install, man. There's no, there's no way to install it. And then he would have to feed the cable all the way to the back of the car. That would have been a huge pain. So if somebody rear-ends me, I, I don't know. I, I won't be able to see it. And that's why Teslas are good because they have built-in dash cams all around for every angle or whatever. This is, that's what, you know, that's why I was like, whatever. It's an older, it's, it's not a Tesla, but... That's enough for that. So right, another thing I upgraded is my computer. My computer 
has been running slower in the past month or two since I replaced the SSD. This SSD failed on me, so I bought a brand new one with the, you know, one of the newer models. I thought it was it's pretty it's a better SSD and bigger, so I was expecting it to provide a performance increase. Now, I noticed that my computer was going even slower with the new SSD and a brand new. Uh, Windows installation. So that was scratching my head over that, and it was affecting the podcast. I would have these random moments of glitchiness because it was affecting that. And now I got a second SSD because I was like, you know, maybe it's because I'm sharing the same SSD between the uh, OS, the operating system, and the video files. Maybe if I separate them, if I get a second drive... That'll be dedicated to podcasting. So that'll lighten the load. So the OS will have its own pool of files to draw from. And that's how it is right now. I got two of them. So I got four terabytes of SSD. And I found out I bought one that was too new for the, my computer. My computer's from 2020. Three years old. And I bought this Samsung SSD that was made for PCIe version 4. Mine's only PCI version 3. So I couldn't even unlock the full speed of the SSD that I bought. So I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to buy that one again. I'm going to buy one that's the fastest for PCI 3. It was cheaper. So, of course, I'm going to get that. There's no reason to get one that's over... That's a future version. So my computer, that did not fix the issue though. Getting a second SSD, that was not the problem. The problem was performance of the computer was not being up to maximum. It was not using the full resources that was already there. Because, and this is where the podcast is going to get even more boring. I don't even know if that's possible, but let's try this is so not interesting to anybody unless you have the exact same problem as me which nobody does so this computer is capable of really good performance it's a gaming computer with a really good graphics card and at the time a very good processor and I have 64 gigabytes of RAM which are fast RAM using the full potential so it wasn't the RAM and it turned out it was the CPU just not being utilized to its fullest. And the GPU. Because when I took out the battery, when I installed the new SSD a month ago, I noticed that the battery was uh, bulging out, was bloating. And I was like, well, that ain't good. And I don't really use the battery. And it doesn't look like something. So I, I took it out. And I was like, okay, it's lighter now and it's not going to produce as much heat now because it's not charging this big bloated battery and also it's probably not less of a risky thing. So I extended the longevity uh, of this computer. Uh, it's Yeah, so it's still being utilized. But anyway, the problem was when I removed the battery, 
Ah, it's so boring. not interesting. But I, mean, I use this uh, docking station, this this card, this hefty little docking station hub that goes connects to Thunderbolt, and that allows me to connect peripherals to the laptop and use it as a desktop, as a workstation. So I have a monitor, I have you know keyboard, mouse. Audio, uh, audio interface, and anything else I I want to connect. There's only three USB ports, so you run out of those. So that's why I got this Thunderbolt hub, and the hub. This took me a long time to figure out. The reason it was slowing down my computer. I didn't even know that it was until I unplugged it and tested a game. Because I downloaded this game called uh, Sea of Thieves and supposedly my graphics card should be able to run it perfectly fine. It's 60 FPS and I was getting nothing close. I was getting like 20 FPS. I was like, what the hell? So I tested it just by unplugging. I was like, maybe it's the display. Maybe it's this uh, hub, the Thunderbolt hub. So I unplugged that. And connected my display, my external display, directly to the uh, Thunderbird port, the uh, display port. In immediately, after a couple seconds, ten seconds, I started noticing the frame rate started shooting up. So anyway, long story short, that was it was because it was supplying power and the software that tunes the performance saw that it was not getting enough power because the battery was gone, even though it was connected to directly to my outlet so anyway the pro the the solution was to not use this dock the dock i can't use anymore because with this computer without the battery it's confusing the software that tunes the performance so now it's at full performance setting because i'm not using the hub i'm using just regular usb because you don't you don't need Thunderbolt for it. You really it's not necessary. USB 3.2 is plenty fast. It's like 10 gigabits, and Thunderbolt is 40. I didn't need 40 gigabits. I you you wanted it for like heavy duty peripherals, like multiple displays, and if you're transferring, you know. For SSDs, that's a good example. But uh, I don't have those. So I, so USB is fine for the mouse keyboard. Some things I go directly to the motherboard, like the camera, directly to the 3.1. Anyway, so that's boring. So the point is, is it's good news because now my computer is working as fast as it did the day I bought it. And it should be good for... Who knows how much longer it's perfect like it could last me another couple years, maybe. I was like, crap, how am I gonna have to buy a new computer? But like this thing, it's it's it could still play games perfectly fine. And you could probably even hear it humming in the background. Now that it's at full performance, it's louder because the fans are going faster. But I I could play flight simulator. That's what really got me to find out what the problem was because i used to be able to play it and i was like well it's the same computer why can i all of a sudden not get higher than 10 fps so now i could play buttery smooth i could just 
fly across the country and it's not and I could do anything everything was just like laggy now I could record audio with no problem no lag it sh it sh boots up super fast so anyway you'll be seeing a lot more content from me as soon as I get my uh, my sleep apnea under control that's the last topic of the evening I did mushrooms earlier in the day only about six or seven of them so not that much but enough to for me to feel it and what I what I always am reminded of is like how exhausted I am and how like fatigued I am like my general energy levels are like very bad and sleep apnea still hasn't been solved I use the CPAP for a few hours of the night I use it pretty much every night but then after I wake up it's so uncomfortable I have to I rip it off and then I just sleep and it even then even if I use it for the whole night I don't think it's really it's solving the problem because I have uh, vivid dreams uh, all night, every single night. And I wake up with a headache and general like, oh, this sucks. And that's not a good way to talk to And then it affects your mood. And like, so this sleep apnea, even though it's mild, the effects are not mild. It's ruining me, man. And I've had it all my life. Like, I don't even know. I've had it for a long time, man. Probably like in my, since I was a preteen. Is when I noticed this fatigue that I didn't normally have. I used to be able to just wake up no matter how little sleep I got. I don't know if that was just being a kid, but I would be able to, I was like a, able to wake up in the morning perfectly refreshed and it was never a problem. Never had daytime sleepiness. And then right around, I think, seventh grade when I was like 12 is when I started noticing, oh no, I, I, I got to sleep in. So I became the type of person who sleeps in and. I need to get my tonsils removed, I think. I don't know, but the shrooms, these were uh, these were new shrooms that I f was blessed with. I was lucky enough to get my hands on. They were very powerful and still experimenting with how much I could tolerate. They're extremely potent, and they come on very quick. And uh, they last a while. <laughs> They're very powerful, even in tiny doses, like a microdose. Like some people would consider, oh, that's a microdose. Well, nope, not of these. These that's like still enough to get like slight visual, like you're tripping kind of. So anyway, I, but next time I'm gonna take even more. But the problem was not the shrooms. It was just my, uh, you know, I was upset about my fatigue levels so anyway we're gonna get there and that's the shrooms are what make me actually want to like figure it out that's the good thing about shrooms even if they're uncomfortable to be on them and they it's not pleasant to be concerned about your your health and like googling stuff while on shroom like what's wrong with me but if i'm never gonna do it then i might as well do it. it's better than never to be like when am i gonna actually look into like try to get treatment they're probably what am i going to actually like keep trying because otherwise without that i would have just been like well i don't know i guess one of these days i'll look into it but the shrooms are like dude it's not something you just put off like what are you doing you should be like 
getting this solved. I don't know. It's a completely different mindset that it puts you in. It's like, dude, this is life. This is your, what are you doing? <laughs> this is every, you don't want this to just be your life. So, yeah, shrooms are very good uh, drugs. They're in a different category, you know. They're, they, uh, they, they're not addictive. That's why there's an exception to them. Like, I never look, I never go like, oh, fuck, yeah, I ex- can't wait for my next fix of shrooms. No, I, I, I don't like, I have to push myself to consume them, you know, man. It's not really, like, a fun, you know. It's fun when they're when you're over the peak and you're coming back to normal and you're happy to be back. But the odds, the the come up, is usually pretty rough, and they're not addictive. But I still gotta take more because I was not. I wanted to like. I wanted. To, I'm still testing out these these uh, new ones I got. Anyway, so that was it. <clears throat> I think that was the most boring episode yet, and I'm proud of that because we can only. I'm trying to outdo myself every week. And this has been episode 82 of the Tim Weichel Bomb Show. Have a good week, y'all. Peace and love.